0: One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one Aslan
1: ring to rule them a lion. all.
0: One the ring to lion, find them. the great lion.
1: The wheel of
2: time of turns and ages come the and the pass. The, the wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. Books from
0: Earth, a podcast. Relive your favorite books: a fantasy, sci-fi, and apocalyptic stories. Yes, there are lots of spoilers. The spoiling is constant. Yes, there can be adult content. We are adults making content. Spoilers, adult content. Books from Earth, time to relive a favorite book. Welcome to the Books from Earth podcast, episode one, featuring Old Man's War by John Scalzi. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my fellow Books from Earth podcasters, Lou.
3: Hi, guys.
0: Maureen.
2: Hey,
3: everybody.
0: And Jack.
1: Hello, friends.
0: This is military science fiction at its best. Awards, accolades, top ten list. Once we read this novel, we understood why. Fun characters, dangerous aliens, amazing tech, funny aliens, universal themes, really tiny aliens. You you get the point. This book is fun, and it's launched the Old Man's War series, which hopefully will never end. So, Josh, What's what's this book about?
2: I love Old Man's War. It is a book about the protagonist, John Perry, who at 75 years old has lost his wife uh, and is nearing the end of his life. Rather than live the rest of his days on Earth, though, he opts to enlist in the colonial defense forces for the chance to explore outer outer space and for the enticing offer the CDF makes, the opportunity to be young again.
0: And so, Maureen, what what do you think? Do you think John Perry would be fun to hang out with
2: or I, not? Okay, so I don't know because old John Perry is – like old John Perry is the same John Perry as young John Perry, but old John Perry is kind of a drag. and like his humor is just like self-pitying. I wouldn't put up with it. <laughs> and, but the thing is, as soon as you put that same person in like as soon as you put that same being in a young body, like and it's demonstrated in the book, like he all of a sudden he becomes funny again. And so I could hang out with young John Perry, but not old John Perry. That's where I would go with that. How about you, Jack? John Perry, good hang, bad hang?
3: Good hang.
1: Um, I think, you know, he's into having a good time. He wants to have fun. He becomes young John Perry and wants to explore what his body's capable of doing. And that was a really cool, cool um, thought process. And I would, I'm 47. Sometimes I feel like I would like to become young John Perry. You know, not that I'm old, but, you know, it was just a cool scene. I liked how he was also kind of, um, I think he's got social awareness in the sense of he can pick up the vibe in a room, know what's going on with people, kind of bails people out from the, un, that unbearable guy. And I, I think he'd be a good hang.
3: How about you, Lou? John Perry, good hang, bad hang. He'll be a great hang, actually. But I agree with Maureen. You know, it's like he is a boring guy, but. He's like a wholesome guy. He's like, you know, he's like a guy you just wanna hang out with. And you don't mind like going to his house and borrowing. say you forgot to buy some sugar or something. You know what I mean? He just seems like a nice guy. So I'd definitely hang with him. I, and I like the John the old John Perry too. He likes gardening and stuff, so
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he'd be a good hang. I think he'd be a good hang for me. I I'm just not sure how interesting of a hang he would be. He seems he's so regular. He's kind of an everyman. He's got his hobbies and his loves, and I don't know what his entertainment level would be. Of course, this is military sci-fi. It's not necessarily about people being entertaining. So would I want to hang with him if he was in my Colonial Defense Force squad? Absolutely. If I'm in a Colonial Defense Force squad, I want John Perry to be in my squad because he's going to think out of the box – He's gonna think of the team. He's gonna do heroic things. He's gonna save the day. He's gonna come up with creative solutions. He's totally calm under pressure. So if I'm if I'm in a CDF squad, I wanna hang out with him because he's probably gonna save my life. <laughs> and I would follow him, you know, into battle.
1: I, I also think he'd be he's kinda of up for whatever. Like if you're like wanna go in the middle of the night to the rock quarry and climb the fence and go swim in the rock quarry, he's probably up for that. If you are on a road trip, or if you're like, "Hey, let's go to Vegas," he's probably up for that. Let's let's play hide and seek in Nordstrom and hide under the racks of clothes. Like I, he seems like the kind of guy who's just kind of down for whatever you're going to get yourselves into. And I, that's always a plus for me.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to another pivotal character,
1: Jane Sagan. Jane
0: tough Sagan. Hanging it. Jane.
1: I'm going to go tough. Hang on, Jane Sagan. <laughs> Why is that she is a tough egg? <laughs> Well, so she's only four or five years old. She yet, and I love children, but she's not a child. And so you are dealing with someone who has the experience of a four or five year old, but their experience is in very adult, and I don't mean adult as in like adult entertainment. I mean like she's been in war, you know, death. Mayhem, etc. So you would have to be uh, really patient with her because of her, her life, life set of experiences. So I think she might be boring and very serious. Can I piggyback on that? Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I had the exact
2: same thoughts, Jack. It's just the questions would kill me. Like all of the questions would kill me. But other than that, like I would want to hang out with her just for her skill set. So that – because, like, that would just be neat. I would love to play around with that. But I, I would have the same issues that you were talking about, Jack.
0: Well, I, I have to say that I agree that just, like, hanging out with her, not going to be fun. I She's just so serious. And you couple that with, as Jack was saying, the emotional immaturity, and you just kind of don't know what you're going to get. If you just like want to go for ice cream or something, you know, so, you know, if I order the wrong flavor, she she orders the wrong flavor or the person across the counter. I mean, she's going to freak out. And with her skill set, she can freak out in a dangerous way. She does have a curious side and some open mindedness, which we get to see when John Perry reaches out to her. She, you know, has a reaction and then she she has second reaction, which I, I give her full credit for. And so for that reason, I I do give her credit for being cool that way. But do I want to hang out with her? No. John Perry does, and he has his reasons for wanting to hang out with her. I'm going to go back to, though, what if I'm a member of the Colonial Defense Force? Do I want Jane Sagan in my squad? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> she, she's way out of the box thinker and for a role where you're not really supposed to even be that way, she's an amazing ass kicker and has great skill and even her own want to be a hero and not just a cog in the machine that she's supposed to be a cog in the machine for. So, yes, if I'm in a CDF squad, I want Jane Sager or Sagan on the battlefield with me.
3: I like Jane. I would want to hang out with her just because all the crazy stuff – can get into with her you know the immaturity factor for me is what draws me to her she's six years old and she's like a badass just learning and teaching her you know like don't do that oh do this i mean all the trouble you could get with her (laughs) it might be a little deadly it might be a little deadly but you can teach her a lot of stuff and she can teach you stuff who knows
0: yeah i'm I'm hoping that that I haven't read the rest of the series, but I'm hoping her character gets developed in a way that could be really cool. Because She is a little bit of a tabula rasa when it comes to personality and who, who she's going to become, assuming she can survive long enough in this completely hostile world she gets dropped in.
1: I've done a little reading ahead, and they're, they're, you're right about the tabula, tabula rasa thing, and there, there's more development. There so, we go. Stay tuned, everybody.
2: <laughs> I will not comment.
0: does <laughs> like coming across a good series. All right. Good hang, bad hang. Master Sergeant Ruiz.
2: I want to watch other people hang out with Master Sergeant Ruiz. (laughs) I don't want to be anywhere in his line of sight, but I really want to see you do it. (laughs) So he would hate me. He would hate me in a million levels. He would hate me because I'm a theater nerd. He would hate me because I sing all the time. Like he would just I'm loud. I'm annoying. He would really not like me. So I don't want to be anywhere in his line of sight but i really want to watch like the people i hate hang out with master sergeant Ruiz. that would be really fun and i also want to hang out watch the people i love hang out with master sergeant Ruiz because that would also be really fun
1: (laughs) i'm going to reverse it also i think i would be just a brutal hang for him you know just talking (gasps) I'm, i'm not spoken to volunteering my opinions my thoughts i would I would. It would take me like two days to adjust to him, maybe less, maybe one if I was having peak emotional intelligence at that time in my life when I had to be around him. And then I would never speak and I would just do what I was told and try not to be noticed. Uh, So I think I'm going to reverse it and say I would be a tough hang for him. I would be a tough hang for him
3: too, but he would grow to like me, you know, because he would break me. Down. Period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'll try to be, and I would be the one be like, totally break me down, and then I think love me at the end. It's yeah, hard it's not to really love you, true. Lou.
0: I think I'm on the same path as you, Lou. I think at first hanging out with Master Sergeant is not fun for anybody, and he and he's not going to let on that he's having any fun with anybody. It's not about having fun; it's about getting trained and you know not being one of the whatever it is 80% who dies in the first 3 months i forget what the status but it's not good and so it's not good for anybody i do think i'm the kind of person though that has a chance of getting on his good side you know just by whatever you got you know following the rules and you know trying to be strong and whatever doing the drills and being cooperative he wants cooperation he wants coachability teachability i can do that for i think long enough to get on his good side and then I think we would start to have fun, but eventually it would have to transcend the rank problem because in the military, you know, we'd have to get close to rank. I'd have to do something to to kind of get close to close that gap. And we do see some of the characters doing that in and, and the book. And so my hope, I'd be like one of those characters. So maybe he could be a good hang after a while. Last one I want to talk about here for good hang, tough hang, Su. Who wants to hang out with one of the Kansu, the alien race that is bug like and at least the novel suggests is superior to all other alien species known to humankind?
1: Not me. (laughs) I feel like they'd want to, they would be, it would be them just toying with me and like a cat with a ball of yarn. And it would not be fun to be just mentally just screwed with all the time just for their mild curiosity. I am going to go the
2: opposite tack and say, I really want to hang with the Kansu. Like I, I am just so fascinated by them. I want to like sit there and study them and hear what they have to say. That paragraph that they say at the end about like the redemption and stuff. I am all about that. I want to. I think they're the most fascinating characters in the whole I think they're the most fascinating characters in the whole universe, and I am all about the Starship Trooper bugs.
0: <laughs> what's what's say more about the Starship Trooper bugs?
2: So the I do believe that this is a reference to uh, Highlands Starship Troopers series, and it's it's kind of a play on that. And the Kansu are the spiritual successors of the bugs from Starship Troopers. I don't know too much. I haven't read it, but. I did see it not in my right mind, so I don't know – I don't remember a whole lot about it. It just – stop laughing at me. <laughs> there's a lot of bugs in that movie. There's a lot of bugs. Lot of so, yeah, like the Kansu are like a little tribute to the the bugs from Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure the
0: Kansu would just like eat me or do whatever they do to humans when they come across me, so it would be a terrible hang. But if there's a chance that I can get the opportunity to ask them questions – Because they seem to be sort of omniscient that it could become a a kind of a very uh, valuable hang. Maybe not a good hang, but a valuable hang. Of course, it appears in the book that there are some serious hoops to jump through to get the privilege of asking them questions. And uh, could I actually jump through those hoops? Absolutely not. I don't think so. But if I could, I think it would be a very valuable hang. That's a 1%. 99% bad hang. I'm like, you know, they eat me or whatever. Like. (laughs) like Jack was suggesting I'm 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 just I don't know put in the laboratory beats me all right so uh you know we've been talking a lot about John Perry you know he's the center of this book every chapter is from you know his perspective and you know we got a TV series or maybe a movie don't know coming up looks like it's going to be Netflix who brings it to us who should play John Perry and i want to i realize we do have an issue that there's an old John Perry and there's a the John Perry who is you know becomes a soldier in the colonial defense force what do we think
1: if i were casting and i could get any actor i wanted or any actress i wanted to play these roles th- these are the people like when i read the book this is what i saw right so i don't know what the tv version is going to look like or movie version is going to look like it happens all the times in books Maureen and I were talking about it two weeks ago where you have a picture in your head about what somebody looks like, what they're like, and then they just throw in a characteristic that looks nothing like your picture, and so you, you all might think I'm crazy but for old John Perry, I would go with John Munch, and he's the guy from Law and Order um, <laughs> SVU, who is like he, he wears, always wears darks he wears the photo gray glasses I would give him in that show. He's got dark hair, but I'd give him gray hair a little bit, you know, a little like five days growth, uh, cardigan, but not like trendy Brooklyn cardigan, but more like Mr. Rogers type cardigan khakis, too big for him, You know, uh, they used to fit, but as he got older, he just doesn't eat as much anymore. (laughs) Um, you know, dockers, right. I'm picturing dockers, you know that are old, you know, and really worn down. He's had him for like 15 years or something for young John Perry. I would go with Michael Pena. You, you have to turn him green. I don't know how he would feel about that as an actor. And you might have to do a little work on making sure that John Munch looked like Michael Pena. I think one, Michael Pena is a great actor Two, you know, he's, he's a lot shorter, I think than John Munch. So you'd have to fool around with it, but you know, they both have kind of darker complexions and, uh, You know, I know he likes sci-fi. He did some sci-fi stuff for Netflix. And, uh, I think he'd be, he'd be a great, a great version of this. You know, he can get jacked up if he needs to, but I don't picture the CDF people being that jacked up, just more cut up. And he can also be exasperated. You know, like, are you guys hearing this? Do you, Can you believe this? This is ridiculous. You know, he's got that facial expression, and I think that captures some of John Perry's personality. And then his, uh, I don't know, if you, have you guys ever seen the movie or the TV show called Good News? It's a Tina Fey production. Mm-mm. The lead character is this woman named Briga Healin. I picture her as the wife. And then for Ruiz, I got Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. I think he... he <laughs> So Lou laughs. So he thinks that's a good one. And then for the Kansu, it's you're mostly dealing with a voice. And I I think the voice of someone who would enjoy taunting and toying with me is John Malkovich.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Let's, let's, let's circle back to John Perry because that, that was the hardest one for me. And I don't feel like I really settled on someone who was perfect. Uh, I like, I like Michael Pena as a good idea. He's still. To me, he's not quite perfect there. I mean, if, if I could pick anybody for old John Perry, I'm thinking of somebody who does pretty good playing somebody who's ordinary and average but brings a lot of depth. So and I started with
1: Richard Dreyfuss, by the way.
0: Mm. OK. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. See, I I think I'm more in that school of actor like – I was thinking De Niro. Or Ford, you know, both of those guys can play kind of like the ordinary guy who has something, but has, brings something else to the table, like Harrison Ford did in The Fugitive and De Niro has done, you know, in lots of movies, um, like Heat, where he seems like he's this ordinary guy, but he's actually got a lot going on underneath that. So for an old John Perry, for the new John Perry, I, I kind of just settled on Chris Pratt. I think he can do, mm-hmm. he obviously can do the Santa, fantasy sci-fi he can play that kind of leader by default you know as he does in gardens of the galaxy as he as he ends up doing in the jurassic park series he kind of is a leader but he's not like a leader type and i think that john perry is not necessarily a leader type but he becomes a leader by default just because of his practicality and his relatability and so forth so I I thought he could work. You know, those are all top names, but you know we we don't have a budget for this series, so
2: <laughs> you know
0: we've probably already blown the budget with any one of those guys. But that's kind of what I was thinking for john perry
2: i was thinking chris pine like i was going through all of the chrises and i'm like which one is the most physically perfect and the fact is they are all physically perfect so the thing about the thing that sold me about chris pine is the one of the scenes that i have that picture in my head that like jack and i had been talking about is the one where he meets jane sagan and and like I really Chris Pine is a really good face actor and I can just see the look on his face when he sees her and gets the chance to talk to her and like his eyes examining her face. And like, that is all Chris Pine to me. Like he could absolutely do that. And he's, I think the person I would want to see in that role.
1: It would be um, good. He'd yeah. Be good. I think, I think you've got, I'm scratching my Michael Pena. <laughs> Sorry, Michael.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually really like that idea, and Chris Pine's obviously proven himself in the sci-fi world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in even in Wonder Woman, I thought he he kind of was able to play somebody kind of more ordinary instead of somebody you know fabulous like Captain Kirk. And in Captain Kirk, he became a leader sort of by kind of sort of proving himself and thinking out of the box. So, ah, uh, man, Chris Pratt, sorry. I think think I'm going to go with Maureen. Lou, can you you, uh, veto that? What do you have?
3: Anything better? What do you got, Lou? I have old John Perry, one of my favorites, Edward James. (gasps) Old old John Perry. You know, so I I, I think...
1: That's bringing Michael... You're bringing back Michael Pena.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is a solid choice. Yeah, so I think that's what... I mean, for old John Perry. I, I looked at the cover of the book. The guy on the cover looked like he was John Perry. And he looks like Adama. So I think that'd be perfect. You know, as far as a young, I just forgot the guy's actor. He, you know, have you guys watched, um, uh, it's on Prime, uh, Clancy? What's this? Uh, Jack Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan. The guy who acts as Jack Ryan. Who is that guy? The guy from The Office, Jim.
1: Jim from The Jim.
3: Office. Yeah, he's really serious. Krasinski. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that his name? It's like uh, yeah, yeah. He's really serious, you know. And that's the first time I've seen him act pretty serious. I really love that series, and I think he could do everything. So I would, I would have him as young because you know he seems like he's serious, but at the same time he has like. Feel like you can bake a pie with him, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I like John Krasinski.
0: He's he does have a plainness about him yeah. that John Perry has, and and also he's the kind of person that people listen to, but you don't feel like you have to listen to him or that he's imposing himself. I like that too. That's good.
1: Do we have a winner?
0: I feel Chris Pine's a little safer. And Chris Pine may also be able to pull off an old and be old and new. I just feel like Chris Pine's.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Uh, uh, is more yeah, moldable and could they could just make up him up and he would he could pull off being an old man. I don't know about John Krasinski, but solid runner up.
2: I would have to go with Chris Pine because John Krasinski is extremely handsome, but like you need somebody who is physically perfect for that role. Like and and I think that. Chris Pine just edges him out just a little bit.
3: He got physically primed for this other role. I was, I was oh, shocked. Oh really? i so have to watch it. So shocking.
0: Okay, so Jack, we we uh, you you threw out your idea for Jane. Yeah, C.
1: I said Briga Healin. Google her. She's really beautiful. She's got a. Um, I don't picture Jane Sagan being like really petite. I feel like she's and, and Brigitte Elan has a, a killer body, but she's not like a little waif of a of a woman. You know, she's uh she's more, you know, when you say full figured, it sounds like not good, but it's she's beautiful and um she does physical comedy. So I think if you can do physical comedy, you can probably learn to do the other stuff. OK, and she's she's stunning.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm not familiar with her, so I'm going to have to check her out. I had, for this role, I did have kind of a strong feeling about one person and a couple others that were already also solid run-up. I had an easier time with this character. Chloe Moretz. She she, in the movie Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2. She was Nicolas Cage's daughter. Yes she was in the miseducation of camera post and she was she was in the fifth wave as the lead and um she's doing other stuff too and i remember in the movie kickass there's this opening scene where nicolas cage is pointing a rather large revolver at her chest and she's like 20 yards away and he's he's telling her that it's not going to hurt it's going to be okay and she's just you know standing there he shoots the gun at her she falls down she gets back up And brushes it off and she's innocent and she is put in this very violent situation knowing nothing else but violence and to me that reminds me of the character that jane sagan is going to be she's born into a world of violence that that's all she knows kicking ass is what she does and the jane sagan character to me needs to bring that innocence to the scene and chloe moretz pulled it off and kick ass And now she's older, so she's – I think she's in her 20s, so she has – she's an adult now. She's not a child actor. She's an adult actor, actress, actor. And I think i think she can bring – if she can bring kind of what she had in Kick-Ass to this part, she can pull it off. And the looks are there, and I think the expression – she has the expression is there and all of that. I think this world could be a little bit of a stretch for her, but I think it would be a stretch in a direction she can go. My My runners-up were Amelia Clark from GOT. Mm. Uh, solo story, Sarah Connor Terminator. She's plenty of experience in the sci-fi fantasy world, and we know that she can go to battle, (laughs) do battle scenes, and we also know that she 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 has the whole range of roles that she can play. And probably one that would have to be examined if I was casting would be Alicia Vikander. She's Laura Croft in the new Tomb Raider movie. She's already won a uh, Best Supporting Actress for a Supporting Role in Danish Girl. She was in Jason Bourne, she played the role of Heather Lee next to Tommy Lee Jones. She also has the range of uh, attributes. And if I couldn't get Chloe or Amelia, or maybe I'd get Alicia, but they're all top three. They're all very hot right now, getting lots of roles. So who knows?
1: Good choice, Josh.
2: Okay. So my choice would actually be Lupita Nyongo. She has so much acting talent. And like going back to the scene where it was like Chris Pine in, in the. Looking at Jane Sagan, the thing about her, about Lupita is that there are going to be moments where you're going to need to take you're going to need to feel like you can follow orders from this woman that you trust her that she has the experience that she has the weight of like all of this knowledge behind her you know you need somebody who is like Jack was saying somebody who's a heavy hitter and that you trust and is not going to like lead you into battle and you're not going to have any doubts but at the same time she's got so much vulnerability in her acting and it's it goes back to that innocence thing that you were talking about Josh like she's got the acting chops for it you know she can sit there and have that question scene where it's like over and over again she's not going to be annoying but at the same time like you want to be able to give her that peace of mind because she's it's coming from a place of pure innocence and I can see that in her acting just in everything that she's done that I've seen her in so she would be my first choice for that role she's really my only choice the only other choice I had was Sarah Michelle Gellar but we would need to be making the movie in 2000 instead of 2018 so if we're 2000 Sarah Michelle Gellar but we're right now Lupita Nyong'o
0: so I think she's fantastic she's fantastic and you're you're coming about presidents, like you're right Jane Sagan is going to lead people into you know horrific battle situations and that takes a ferocity and a decision-making prowess I don't know if Chloe Moretz could get there I don't I don't know if she's played that kind of role so good choice
3: I would go with um Kate Beckinsale. Do you guys know who she is? Yeah, she's uh, Underworld. She's the yeah. bad ass in Underworld, but she's reluctant. She's a reluctant badass, you know. So, but you know she can fight. She
0: she actually does seem like an easy shoe in into this role. Yeah, it, it almost seems like the roles that she has played. Are almost exactly like kind of this kind of role of just having to be this desperate ass kicker all the time, and there's nothing else in the world <laughs> other than that. <laughs> there's
3: nothing else. She was born to it when she was young. You know, I think she was made a vampire. I don't know when she was made a vampire, but she was stolen when she was young, and she was shaped by this vampire. And she just she's always reluctant. You know, she's like, oh, God, I got to kill someone again. You
1: know?
0: so, so, we work for Netflix. We can cast anybody. Looks like we got a lot of great <laughs> choices for this role. I don't know who's better. I, don't, I, I guess I'd have to see them actually do some lines or something. Jack, do you want to you re, uh, review your answer? And did, did any of these um,
1: names, did you so, get you thinking? Yeah, I liked all of them. And I'll go, I'll go with the uh, Moretz. I did some Googling. She's got the right athletic build, I haven't seen her in anything in a while. So it's always cool when people come back onto the big screen.
0: Okay. Master Sergeant Ruiz, great character. His presence in sort of the beginning of the book is more memorable to me me than what happens in further scenes. So all I can really picture him is as the drill sergeant guy. What do we got?
1: Rick Grimes.
0: Rick Grimes, walking
2: dead. I want Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad cuz Gus Fring is the scariest fucking person on the goddamn
1: planet. <laughs> he is scary. Mm-hmm.
2: He's terrifying.
0: I'm trying to remember who that character was. I
2: don't. Gus from uh, Breaking Gus. Bad. Yeah, the owner of uh, Los Poyos Hermanos. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. the big drug dealer who got his fa- – oh, let's not spoil Breaking Bad for people that haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> he never struck me as that scary of a guy.
2: Oh my god, he was
0: terrifying. I mean I wouldn't want to go near his business or be involved in it anyway, but not as like a drill sergeant terrifying.
2: Oh. the What, what was the other movie that I saw him in that I was just like, eee! Hang on, let me look it up. He's we- he can he's got he's got some chops.
0: Yeah, no he he's he was an awesome character in Breaking Bad. Awesome character. I'm going um, again because I have unlimited budget. I'm going with Mahershala Ali. He was just mm-hmm. nominated for supporting actor for Green Book. Yeah, he was in actually a sci-fi series that Jack and I really liked. TV series called 4400 back in 2004 and to 2007. He's in House of Cards. That's where most people know from his roommate, Danton character. Hunger Games. He plays Luke Cage, uh, Marvel's Luke Cage. And he won... Uh, he's oh, already yeah, he'd be supporting. great. He already won a Best Supporting, playing a, the role of a drug dealer, I think, in the movie Moonlight. Um, and he's currently the lead in the newest season of True Detective, which I haven't seen, but he's getting major props for maybe re- reviving that show, depending on what you, how you build about season two. Uh, so anyway, he's my lead on that. I think he can play Furious. He also looks young, but he's older. You know what I mean? He's always like an old soul in a younger-looking body. So he's... Yeah, I'm kind of feeling good about him
2: i may defer to that
1: he's good yeah yeah i'm refer. i'm deferring as well you're
0: the wild card
3: danny Tre- trejo oh i thought about him too he's a little old but mm-hmm. he just looks like he'll yell at you you know yeah i mean he just played that role so well
0: he would he may need some like makeup work or some some kind of scrubbing but his grittiness is unmatched for yeah. sure if we can get some CGI
2: on that, I'm deferring to Danny Trejo.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd be great. I just love seeing him on screen, no matter what role he's playing. He's just awesome to totally, look at.
1: Totally agree.
0: Okay, the aliens, Kansu. Jack, you basically said it right. That's I agree. A, that it's only a voice. So who do, voice. who do you have? But it's also a little bit of a personality. So John, who brings the Kansu to life?
1: John Malkovich.
0: I was trying to think of John Malkovich, but I didn't think of him. Yeah, but you you hit on a car- on a type of person I was trying to think of to be a Kansu. But I want to take it in a slightly different direction. To me, the Kansu are hilarious. They're the type of comedian who the more serious they get, the funnier they get. And there are some comedians out there right now that when they the more serious they get, the funnier they get. And so I'm kind of interested in experimenting with having a comedian be a Kansu. And Malkovich can be a comedian. And he... He's the kind of guy who, when he gets serious, he is funny. So he kind of fits his bill. But I was also thinking it might be fun to have Kevin Hart be a Kansu. Because the more panicky and serious he gets, the funnier his scenes are. And I thought Zach Galifianakis could pull it off, too. But you're right. Neither of those guys have the edge, the deadly edge of a Kansu. And I th- think Malkovich could pull that off better than either of those
2: did. i I'm going to go with Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Lusu. The Rock. Ooh, let's always put The Rock on screen. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock.
3: I, I like what Josh said, you know. There's a hint of comedy throughout the whole book. I mean, it gets you serious. I and mean, there's, there's this hint of comedy throughout the whole thing. And I think The Rock is so good because he just looks like, oh, uh, you're already scared of him, you know, just by his looks alone. But then he can be such a comedian.
1: Good call. Good call. Good. Good call my only thought would be is he underutilized because he's just so cool
0: Mm -hmm, cool. this is a really fun book for me it's a fast burn I love turning the pages, I love the battle scenes I love finding out about the tech but are there any bigger things going on here than me just looking forward to seeing this on like a big screen with lots of fighting and battle scenes
2: yeah can I jump in here first Jump in. One of my absolute favorite things about rereading this, and I picked up on it the first time, but like the second time rereading it is just how like Scalzi's universe, humans have not changed. And it's like the war in space is a straight up land grab. Like it's not. Star Trek, where we have perfected everything on Earth and we are off into the stars to go like better ourselves as human beings. It's not, it's nothing other than we effed up the planet and we need more land. Like, I love that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And it's like, it's lightly touched on, but that's the whole reason that. They have the colonists is they need to start settling planets that people can move to. And on top of that, human beings still have not learned their lesson because they are taking the people that they defeat in war and basically like shipping them off. To places so that they can go settle and take care of all of the dangers so that like quote unquote desirable people can go there safely when it's time. I thought that was so fucked up. I thought it was some of the best world building and it wasn't it wasn't even addressed like what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't they don't even, even feel
1: they don't even feel bad about it.
2: Right. No. Nobody feels bad about it. Nothing has changed, and it's it's not it's not addressed like right up front. It's you read it and it's just glossed right over. I thought that that is just some of the best world building, especially in a military sci fi universe, because usually the military sci fi, like Heinlein with Starship Troopers, is they're all out to get us. The universe is the enemies of the human, and like all it is in, in the old man's war universe is, a, is Manifest Destiny. And I just thought that I love it. I love it.
0: Manifest Destiny. That's, that's pretty great. Yeah, it makes the term Colonial Defense Force a little interesting choice by the author. <laughs> um, Land uh, Defense Force. <laughs> uh, anybody else got any big ideas?
1: I thought that was the main one. And I, I thought the coolest part about it is that there's no self-doubt. There's no, you know, it's not like the characters or the CDF sl- slightly is being t- portrayed at different times, kind of like uh, being sinister, but it's just so accepted by all of the characters that it's l- like they're not questioning it. They're just like, yeah, well, now we're going to go stomp and kick some ass, you know? So, um, it, I just thought it was that that was, that's definitely a fun fun part of the book
3: i think john perry questions it at the beginning when he's like when he's questioning his recruiter and he's like don't you think it's odd that you don't see your employers Mm. you know and he's like because no one sees them on earth no one knows they're turned green no one knows there's some things still left unanswered and i think john perry questions throughout the whole book he's just quite constantly questioning himself and even doubting himself towards the end but he still completes
0: his mission he does he does and you bring up another theme to me which is i don't know this probably has a better philosophical word for it but ignorance is bliss you know if you're Mm. an earthling you don't know how pleasant you've got it and that the fact that there is you know, multiple wars being raised in the galaxy to protect you. You just have no idea. Just like on Earth hanging out, living a normal Earth life. Also, if you're one of these people who wants to sign up for the Colonial Defense Force, you do that at 65. All you've heard are rumors that they're going to basically make you be able to be stronger or more fit, you know, maybe by an injection or something, who knows, to make you soldier worthy. You're in for a big surprise, as John Perry and the other recruits are, when they go up the elevator to uh, be above orbit in Earth, and <laughs> <laughs> the, beanstalk. the beanstalk, thank you. Great, great word for it. Way better than elevator. And you know, you're, you're in for a big surprise if you're a recruit of What's going to happen to you? And so there's this ignorance is bliss that I kind of picked up in the book. All right. Well, you know, it's that time in the podcast for us to take a break. So let's have a word from our sponsor. Today's
1: podcast is brought to you by Box of Future, Box of Future, delivering the future right to your front door. Box of Future has been carefully selecting items from the future for their customers for years now, whether it's the universal translator, which decodes what aliens say in real time, handheld tricorders that scan for geological, biological, and meteorological anomalies, or... Personal tractor beams, one of my favorites, perfect for snagging small items from hard-to-reach places. This would have been useful earlier today when I dropped my iPhone down the crack between my center console and my car seat. It was such a pain to fish it out. A personal tractor beam? That would have come in very handy. Box of Future uses a patented algorithm and predictive analytics tools based upon your likes, dislikes, purchasing habits, and the GPS signal from your smartphone or Android device to identify the futuristic gizmos, gadgets, and tools you want from the upcoming millennium, then delivers the future right to your front door. Box of Future is the undisputed leader in personally curated boxes from the future. How does it work? It's easy. Go to www.boxoffuture.com backslash books from Earth and take their quiz. Tell Box of Future what you like and what you don't, and they will send you your first Box of Future, personally curated, to meet and exceed your style and desires. They will curate a box just for you, and then deliver the future right to your front door. In carefully marked, nondescript packaging on a monthly basis. Keep it, swap it, or skip it. You're in complete control. If you don't think something in the box is awesome, Simply click, no thanks, on the app. Drop the item back in the box and place it outside your door. No postage necessary. You don't like that phaser? Already have perfectly serviceable shark repellent? No problem. Toss them back in the box and send it back. Box of Future remembers what you keep and what you send back to help refine and personalize their future selections for you. It's that easy. Box of Future. Delivering the future right to your front door. Box of Future just sent me my first box. In it, I was delighted to find active camouflage technology. You know, as seen in the movie Predator, so I always blend in with my surroundings. The new BioPort by Matrix Technologies. You remember the Matrix? Well, this port helps me download skills that I might need in a pinch. Let's say Kung Fu, Quantum Mathematics, the ability to read music. Or just plain old night vision. You get the picture. They also sent me a neuralizer, which is a nifty gadget that I can erase a person's memory with, with a brief flash of a light. I think you've seen this in Men in Black. They, I'm just, this, I'm only touching the surface. I gotta tell you, Box of Future just nailed my taste. If you use our code at checkout, that's Books from Earth, you get 20% off your first month's Box of Future. Go to www.BoxOfFuture Books from Earth and take your very own Box of Future out for a spin. Easy returns and free exchanges. Tell them Books from Earth sent you for 20% off your first order. Again, that's www.boxoffuture.com. Books from Earth. Now, back to the pod.
0: All right, so um, if I am in this world, this future Earth that looks kind of like today's Earth, as far as I can tell. There's not much time spent on that planet in the book. How how am I going to do? But what if I'm not on Earth? What if I'm a colonist? How am I going to do in this world? Or if I'm not a colonist, what if I'm a CDF soldier? How am I going to do? And I was thinking about this. Am I going to make it? Am I going to flourish? Or am I just going to survive maybe? Or am I going to perish? And you know what? I was thinking if I'm a CDF soldier, I think I'm one of those stats. I think I perish. I don't have any experience about being in battle, but I'm pretty sure – that after whatever week, nine weeks of training or whatever they get, I'm still going to be that guy panicking on the battlefield when some spooky alien pops up ready to, you know, suck my brain out of my head. I'm sure I'm dead. <laughs> I just don't think, I don't know. I don't, no, there's no battle hardness here. I don't know. I'm not out there on the paintball field every weekend, you know, upping my skills. I think I get crushed. If I'm a colonist, I could survive. I don't think I flourish. I get. I imagine me as a colonist, more like a Robinson Crusoe. I'm just trying to get my food and my shelter and my clothing secure enough so I don't have to worry about it. I don't know if I actually go beyond that at all. And you know, if I live on Earth, hey, I flourish.
1: <laughs> so I, w- I wouldn't want to leave my kids and grandkids. Not so, that yeah. I have any grandkids today, so but would- I don't know if I'd want. To- I don't know if I'd want to sign up.
0: Maybe that's the better question. Would you sign up, knowing what we know now? Because we're not blissfully ignorant would we sign up for the cdo
1: no i don't think i would if i was single yeah i mean i would have signed up in my late 30s i had nothing better to do i wasn't married didn't have any kids
2: so one of my biggest fears is actually aging you know it is it is one of my biggest fears and i think i would absolutely sign up at 65 even knowing what the universe is like and also so if i'm in if I'm on Earth and I am ignorant of what's going on in the universe, I'm going to sign up because I am too stupid not to. I am way too curious about that stuff and it's the promise of like you know life again that and that sounds amazing to me. And then even if I do know, it's still like you're not there yet, so it's like yes, I'm still going to sign up even though I know what's going on because it's still that faustian bargain where it's like please I will absolutely sign up my soul for to for the opportunity to be young again my problem is under None of these circumstances do I survive. (laughs) Because I I'm kinda dumb when it comes to stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I will like I will absolutely die like one of the many possible deaths that are out there in the universe. I I'm just not that observant. I'm kinda stuck in my own place. And like I would just be sitting there having a good time, you know, bopping along, and then all of a sudden, like The alien life form has me, and that's including if I was a colonist. Like I just, I'm not observant enough to survive, and I'm not quick enough on my feet. I don't think it's it's a tough life out there
0: for sure. So you can sign up, but you can back out. Even I think seventy two hours after you. You sign when you turn seventy five and you sign on the dotted line, you can even have like a seventy two hour window I think to back out. So I definitely sign up because you know I hedge everything and but do I actually go? I have to take a snapshot of my life when I'm seventy five and I think you know if I had a nice homely earth life with maybe some grandkids and maybe my health wasn't making me miserable, like I'm still kind of like fit enough so that I'm comfortable, physically comfortable enough, I don't go but if i'm seventy five and I have cancer or i'm seventy five and I don't have grandkids or my grandkids don't like me or you know, or something like that, and I just have like nothing to look forward to, yeah, I join, and I probably become one of those eighty percent who die in the first nine weeks <laughs> 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 but it's a great now there's a couple seeds and I think we're gonna get to that when I get to the you know what was that in the book where there's a couple seeds where. Being a CDF soldier, even for nine weeks, was pretty good, and it was better than what you were doing when you were seventy-five back on Earth. Lou, how about you? Do you sign up? Do you join?
3: I don't sign up. I, I'm like Jack. I, you know, I just would miss, you know, my friends, my family, my nieces and nephew way too much, and I just, you know, the whole idea of the military, eh? no. you know, I just. I don't know. The, the idea of having, a, you know, becoming green, that's like so, um, <laughs> that's like, you know, that's appealing to me. But you know, I honestly, that's what I would do. I, you know, I would try to go there as a colonist, because I definitely want to check out a new planet and meet some aliens. That would be so awesome. You know, But to fight, I'm just not a military guy. I'm just not.
0: Yeah, co- colonists might be the happy medium here, where you get to in, you know indulge your wanderlust.
3: Yes, exactly.
1: But you don't have For to those, kill the beautiful creatures you're meeting. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who have not read ahead, I'll tell you one thing without spoiling anything. The life of a colonist is not that much easier than the life of a CDF member.
3: Go read Zoe's tale. Oh wow. boy! My thanks. next, my next one's the Ghost Brigade. I like to go on moments. Okay, all right.
0: Okay, so this is a sci-fi book. Was there any technology in here that was particularly cool that you would like to keep or anything? I mean, we have, we have. I'll, I'll list a bunch of them right from the beginning. There's a Brain Pal, a chip in your brain that communicates with other Brain Pal's. That basically is like having the internet in your brain. Uh, there's the mp 35 weapon, which you know, you can fire any kind of some round from it that you can imagine. you got modified bodies. you got some other technology related to the modified bodies. you got nanotech. And, of course, because it's sci-fi, you have to have a way of getting around the universe that currently we don't have. So there's a skip drive that allows you basically to skip from one place in the universe to another place in the universe.
2: Any of that particularly cool? Modified bodies. I want to be perfect. <laughs>
3: Modified bodies.
1: <laughs>
3: and, and, yeah, go modified
1: bodies. I, I
3: I love the whole skip drive thing and how you know there's like multiple multiple universes, you know. And the whole beanstalk thing was really cool for me too. That's a cool technology, and that it came, you know, it was from Nairobi. They went down to go to Nairobi to go to outer <laughs> space. So cool.
0: Oh, that's that is that is a great juxtaposition there. Yeah. Hey, I have a bonus question for everybody. Did anybody have a favorite battle scene? It's military sci-fi. I mean, I just get into the battle scenes, their action, I'm, They're page-turners. Anybody like a particular battle that's memorable to them?
3: All of them. All of them. They were all so good. Yeah. My favorite was when they discovered they can be tracked. Oh, yeah.
0: And the Battle came. for Corral. Yes. Or Coral. Then, I don't know what it is.
3: Coral. You <laughs> know, and... He had to watch some people die, you know. That was such a powerful scene for me. That's when the book kind of gripped me.
0: Yeah, that was a dramatic scene, yeah.
1: for sure. i I I'd go with the, the battle against the Kansu, you know, where they come out and do their ritual stuff and everyone the has hand to wait to hand. Till, they're, till they're done. Not the hand-to-hand, the one where he had to make the modifications to his rifle.
2: Oh yeah, that was great. The first yeah. one, the very first
0: one. Yeah, the
1: first one.
2: Oh right, he
0: yes, yeah. Yeah, but he sh- he shows his muster in battle, and and it kind of sets him on his
1: career track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was, and, that was a good one. It, yeah, and and John Perry has like some empathetic qualities to understand what the Kansu are doing. You know that this was that battle is something that that has spiritual significance to them. And he just kind of rolled with that knowledge. I thought that was cool too. Cool. All right. Yeah.
0: This book had great battles in it. Okay. So we're coming near the end. Is there anything else anybody wants to bring up that was in this book? How about, um, I'll, go ahead. I
1: will say it's really fun, totally worth reading. And the series continues to be really fun after this one. So if this whets your appetite, keep going because it stays good and takes some new directions that I think you'll like.
0: All right. Does anybody have a favorite passage?
2: I do. (laughs)
0: Excellent. We got to hear it. We got to hear it.
2: The ambassador opened its slashing arms and we saw its secondary arms, hands open, almost imploring. The time in which your people will be worthy to join us will be that much closer now. Today you are unclean and must be reviled even as you are loved. But content yourself in the knowledge that deliverance will one day be at hand. I myself go now to my death, unclean in that I have spoken to you in your tongue, but assure again a place in the cycle because I have moved your people toward their place in the great wheel. Nice. That's great. I love that's it. I love the Kansu. Word. And, you know, we're hearing the rock read it or somebody
0: like that, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's, <laughs> and that's, that's funny because my favorite passage is basically a very similar one between the Kansu and John Perry. Five criminals have been selected to compete with your soldiers, the ambassador said. As humans lack the physical attributes of Kansu, we have provided knives for your soldiers to use, if they so choose. Our participants have them, and by providing them to one of your soldiers, they will choose who they will fight. I understand, I said. Should your soldier survive, it may keep the knives as a token of its victory, the ambassador said. Thanks, I said. We would not wish to have them back. They would be unclean, the ambassador said. Got it, I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, all right, so that's it.
3: Ah, uh, great. First one done. Good hang, guys. That was a good, good hang. hang. That was Just great. like Tatsu.
1: Ah. Josh, we're I recording. Think this, means, this means go, Josh. Yeah, we're
0: recording. Oh, sorry, didn't know we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> I have the. Uh, <laughs> keep it. It's a blooper reel. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well. Start it.